conversations on the show before about a, a basic income, a universal basic income, and what that could look like and how that might be somewhere that we may need to go as more jobs become automated uh, and artificial intelligence, as we were speaking about earlier in the show, becomes more and more a part of our daily lives. There are several industries where this could potentially be introduced and quite beneficial, but one area is in creating a sustainable food system. And our guest has done a lot of research in this area and is going to speak to it. She's an assistant professor in environmental studies at Queen's University. Dr. Kristen Lowett is joining the show. Dr. Lowett, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your research here, basic income supporting sustainability across the food system. What prompted this research? What made you want to dive into this? Yeah, so this uh, research emerged from um, a project led by Coalition Canada, which is a, a network of basic income uh, advocacy groups across the country. Um, and it emerged specifically from their case for basic income series, which is looking at basic income through the lens of different sectors of society. So everything from arts and finance to healthcare. Um, so the particular work um, I'm involved in uh, was coming up with cases for basic income for fisheries and for agriculture. Um, and that involves not only you know researchers and academics, but also was done in collaboration with um, practitioners and community partners, um, including uh, the National Farmers Union, uh, Union Paysan, um, EcoTrust, um, and the Native Fishing Alliance. So talk about that industry and how they could be especially vulnerable to things like um, seasonal unemployment and you know fluctuating working uh, opportunities. So wh- what are some of the reasons why basic income could be supportive in that industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, what we found in our research for both you know agriculture and uh, fishing communities, um, sort of three sort of big ideas, and one is around reducing economic uncertainty, and so um, reducing economic uncertainty for some of the most vulnerable agriculture and fisheries uh, workers. These are workers who are often uh, you know vulnerable to seasonal unemployment, low wages, um, you know unsafe working conditions, um, high rates of occupational illness and injury often. Um, so a basic income could provide some financial security, um, control over these employment um, um, choices. The uh, second area, you know, that we've uncovered is around supporting new farmers and, and fishers. So it's really hard uh, for new entrants in both of these industries. Costs are very high to enter, you know, such as you know getting land or you know buying a boat or a fishing license. Um, so a basic income by itself can't address all those challenges, but we suggest it could provide greater economic stability for some of these new fishers and farmers as they're trying to get started and making these initial investments in uh, you know infrastructure and, and training to enter these industries. What's been the reaction from from farmers and from fishers towards this this idea? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So both of these, you know, cases we've been working on have been done with, um, you know, farmer and fishing organizations. Um, and so I think that's been really key to developing these and making sure that this work is responding to priorities that are emerging from, um, directly from these communities. Um, and some of our next phases of our, our work actually involves having more workshops and more conversations to do more outreach. Um, you know, what we've done so far is sort of um, initial and a first step at putting some of this together, and we're planning more workshops 
over the coming months engaging um, you know, not only food security and anti-poverty organizations, but also bringing together those organizations um, with farming and uh, fishing communities and organizations in the, in the food system, and that's something we're doing as a, as a research team. Can you, can you speak to a little bit about what your research suggested in terms of how this would work? Are there, are there parameters where this would be something that everyone in this industry across the board would receive, or would you have to fall below a certain income level to be eligible for it? What, what would that look like? Yeah, so in our research, we've sort of really adopted sort of the understanding of a basic income guarantee as it's being um, kind of increasingly articulated by uh, basic income organizations um, across Canada. Um, and so we adopt this understanding of a basic income guarantee um, essentially as being an income floor. Um, and so it's really, um, it's, you know, it's not a, a one-time rebate. It is something that is really only just based on uh, its income tested. So anyone whose income would fall below low on a certain threshold um, would be able to, you know, access this basic income guarantee, which are basically, you know, cash transfers, um, and ensures that everyone has an income sufficient to, you know, meet basic needs um, and live with dignity, regardless of their work status, um, or in the case we're looking at, you know, providing more um, dignity and enhancing um, resilience in the face of, you know, potential um, stresses in the food system. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, I think could could create a big opportunity for the rest of Canadians as well. I mean, you want your, your food laborers to be supportive. It's obviously going to play a big role in how we get our food and, and how it comes to our tables. So this, I think, to me, this makes a lot of sense. The idea of a basic income, I think, is something that we, we need to wrap our heads around, not just only in this industry, but in several others as well. But it's often met with criticism. So what's been the reaction to to this idea or what's the overall reaction when when you talk about basic income at least in this area in this sector I mean, so far, I think to your point, you know, thinking about future stressors um, is something that's sort of also been thinking about and prompts this work, you know, in the COVID-19 pandemic demonstrating, you know, some of those vulnerabilities in our food systems. And so I do think this idea is, you know, resonating with more um, individuals across, you know, food systems, um, thinking about, you know, how those with more stable incomes um, can better, you know, adapt to, to shocks, um, the importance of a basic income in supporting, say, more local supply chains with, you know, a lot of existing subsidies going more to larger industrial enterprises. And so a basic income potentially um, played a really important role for some of those. That alert uh, would, would just sort of cut off the conversation that I was having with our guest, who's an assistant professor in the Environmental Studies Department at Queen's University, Dr. Kristen Lowett. Uh, we're talking about basic income and how it could help create a more just and sustainable food system. One of the points that you brought up, Dr. Lowett, was that, you know, sometimes there are unpredictable events and certainly, uh, you know, unpredictable events in nature like wildfires could be something that could affect fishers and farmers and you know I think that alert even brings to mind more of what we're talking about about how these industries really do need supports. Yeah, I, I think so, and especially, you know, with, with climate change and sort of intensifying um, unpredictable weather, extreme weather events, um, a basic income guarantee could be, a, you know, a really proactive sort of step supporting um, adaptability and, re- and resilience in these sectors and ensuring that, you know, existing inequities aren't uh, worsened and um, that especially smaller scale uh, producers and fish harvesters um, have sort of that income floor to potentially weather some of these uh, future stresses. You talked a little bit about your research 
research with Coalition Canada and how that organization looks at many different industries and how basic income could be supportive. Is there any movement from a government perspective to, to try to progress these ideas forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think there is, you know, interest in some of these ideas. We see that recently, you know, with um, these more sort of income-based sort of interventions. Um, so, you know, CERB, while not a basic income, you know, speaks to the importance of these income-based interventions. Um, the recent grocery store rebate that also kind of points to, you know, the importance of um, these income interventions that are somewhat aligned with, you know, some of the proposals for a basic income guarantee. So I do think we see some of these policy proposals um, coming from governments. Um, and I would, I just, I'll, I'll give you the, the website. So if your listeners are, are interested, it's basicincomecoalition.ca. Um, and there's lots of wonderful resources there um, where your listeners can go to sort of learn more about uh, some of the, these issues. Well, Dr. Lowe, thank you so much for, for making the time and, uh, and for sharing your research on this. And I, I can't wait to see where this could potentially go for this industry and for others. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Take care. Dr. Kristen Lowett is an assistant professor in environmental studies at Queen's University talking about basic income and how it could help create a more just and sustainable food system.